Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. That makes total sense. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I know me. And you don't have to understand my boundaries to respect them. Well, no, I'm the president co founder of McShane, a person in long term recovery from substance use disorder. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. I got to work on that. Yeah, like, I'm celebrating my six months. Didn't have a gig. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the award-winning recovery podcast, Get in the Herd. I'm your host today, Nathan Mitchell. Uh, We're taking a little bit of a different tack than we announced earlier today. John was going to join me, but John is out and about, so it's going to be me with Fighting Joe Morrissey over here. Senator Morrissey represents the 16th District. He represents Richmond, Chesterfield, uh, some other places around here. He's, he's got a, a nice, big, broad district with a lot of a lot of work that he's done. Um, Welcome, Senator. It's great to see you here. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be on your show. I think while I've been to the McShin Foundation many, many times, uh, addressing folks and ch- chatting with people, I think this is the first time I've been on the podcast, Get in the Herd, and it's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. I think it is your first time. I, I know that we've reached out. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to have you whenever you can. Sure. You know, I, I, I love your energy. And you know something I learned about you over the last session um, was just how passionate you are about the recovery issues. And, Absolutely. It's not a family out there, not a family out there that hasn't dealt with somebody in recovery, either their immediate family, their extended family, a close friend at work. It ha- affects everybody. And uh, fortunately, and this is really good, right now, saying that you're in recovery is is not a a dirty phrase any longer, okay? Mm. It's... I think it's something to be very proud of because it shows the lengths that people are willing to do to get this disease of addiction off their back. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, You have been, you know, you've been a fighter here in in Virginia for a long time, and I I haven't been in Richmond for very long. I've been in Richmond for now, oh, almost about five years. So um, my experience, you know, coming coming to the McShin Foundation was through the courts, uh, I, I was in a, a jail program up in Warrington, Virginia, um, not where I'm from, but just where I happened to get caught uh, and go to jail. And I, I found myself in a McShin program. And the courts, uh, when I, you know, when I went to trial, the courts mandated me here to Richmond. And I said, all right, well, I can do that for 30 days. You know? And you're thinking, let me guess, <laughs> was I'll do that 30 days. That's the price of doing business. I'll do what I'm supposed to get my, my time done and, and, uh, and go back to Northern Virginia and not, you didn't have the mindset that I'm going to deal with this disease of addiction. Am I right? Oh, you're absolutely right. I didn't have a disease. Right. Of course not. No, 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 no. It was your problem. Yep. And everybody else's problem. The court's problem. Court's problem. Right. Yeah, the, it was simply uh, a minor inconvenience, get you 30 years, 30 years, 30 days done, <laughs> and then, and then go back to Nova. Exactly. Exactly. Somewhere along the way though, 
you had an epiphany. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you exactly what that was or yeah. when that was. Um, People don't necessarily know. No, I, I don't. And there, there are a lot of moments, and you know, I talk about my moments all the time where I can touch at. But what, what, I, what I love and what I get to do now you know, in my role here at McShin, and, and I'm actually about to, to leave McShin. People here don't know this, um, but I'm actually moving on from McShin, and I'm going to go work for Ampact, which is doing AmeriCorps programs here in Virginia. So I'll actually be working with more recovery specialists here in Virginia, doing a lot of the same work on a bigger scale with Virginia. Where will you be working? Uh, right here in Richmond. Okay. So, well, right here in Richmond, but I'll be traveling to Lynchburg and to Roanoke and to, to uh, Reston and to Williamsburg. Congratulations to you for that. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It just shows that your efforts to aid and assist the recovery industry is recognized throughout the Commonwealth. Good for you. I appreciate that. And what I love, though, um, about that position and about what I do now is is working at the public policy level, you know, working at the policy level, because, you know, what I was taught early on by John. Uh, and by the way, John Schinholzer just celebrated 40 years in recovery yesterday. Huh. So if you have a second, I've known John. I, I will. I will give him a call. I've known John for over a quarter of a century. Wow! And I remember when he first started McShin, and it's grown into a large business. Um, but the business has remained steadfast in its commitment to looking at each individual person, and he considers it a great success when somebody hits a sobriety milestone. You know. I, I will call him afterwards to say, congrats, mate, on 40 years of sobriety. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, of course yeah, it is. It's a pretty big deal. Um, and I look at that commitment to service, you know, and John, John's commitment to us and the community, the recovery community, the broader community, too. Um, that commitment, you know, trickles down into everything else that trickles down. Did I just say that? <laughs> I know what you mean. But but it, it goes into everything else that we do around here because, you know, he helped me to find my voice when I didn't have a voice. Yep. Now I have a voice. Here's what you were saying, I think, um, that his commitment and his energy, he doesn't have to talk about it. Just sh it. People can see what he's doing. And as I tell, I've got, you know, some young children. And I say, don't tell me what you're going to do. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. You know, you know, cream rises to the top. I'm going to see how you, how you perform. Don't tell me you're going to, you know, uh, go win this soccer game or you're going to do this. Just do it. Yeah. And he's been doing it for four decades. Yeah. I, I, Art can attest to this. I'll, I say to, say to people all the time, you know, mean what you say, say what you mean. You know, it's kind of along the same lines of, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. You know what I say? I say show Half the battle in life is showing up. Yep. Half the battle. The other battle, half is if you're prepared, execute it. And um, I got some young kids that are good athletes. They are, they, they get after it. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I, I tell them you gotta, gotta get prepared. We have a soccer game on Saturday. You better believe we're going to be practicing three weeks, <laughs> uh, three days that week, you know, on our shots, on our dribbling the soccer ball and scoring, you know, and uh, uh, chase my, I've, I've got two playing a, and they're, they're, they're lighting it up. In yeah. the I nine uh, Henrico League, but Chase, you know, scored three goals in the first half in his game, and I knelt down to him at halftime. And I'm not that hovering father of the games. <laughs> I just watch, you know. And I'll and he asked me, and I'll, at halftime, I said, "Good job, yeah. you know, you showed up, you're working hard." I said, "You got to have to go, you know, give it the same effort the second half." 
I don't care if you score and don't score any goals, you know, you, you're not probably not going to score three, but give it the same effort. Yeah. He scored five goals in the second half. Wow. Set an I-9 record for eight <laughs> goals in a game. Um, so, again, you show up, yeah. you be prepared, and then you execute, and that's what you guys are doing. How old is Chase? He's seven. You're seven. You've got, what, five, six? Six. Six, six kids? I got six kids, nine Ooh. and under. That's amazing. That's amazing. Best part of my life. Yeah, I bet. I Best bet. Part of my life. Um, <laughs> I love that because it is about consistency. It's about finding what you do and, and sticking with it. Uh, that's you know a lot of what John has taught us. You know, is is okay. We need to be of service. And so you know, when I started to find my voice, I I started to talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and and then I got to go out. You know, and I got to meet people like you. Uh, go to the general assembly. Go to. I've different seen you offers. down in the general assembly. Yeah. You and Chuck, uh, Charles, yeah, were on my uh show, the Fighting Joe Morrissey show. The Fighting Joe Morrissey show, uh, what is that? A great job every day, every day from 12 to 1. 12 to 1. What channels you might as well put a plug in, right? I can't remember. We got five. we just got picked up by another radio station in Virginia Beach, but we're on 100.5, uh, AM 107.7, um, uh. 102. I can't remember all those numbers. I'm getting old. Well, uh, yeah, all right. Well, I can appreciate that. I'm Plus still you... pretty. I'm still pretty, but I'm getting old. I can't remember all those, <laughs> you get all those, those numbers. You got those I, six young kids I, running around. You know what? I'm doing with my uh, – uh, I remember when I was growing up, we had a large family, six kids, and my dad wanted somebody. He'd start – Bill, Joe, Jane, Charlie, Liz, John, just go through the list of names. <laughs> I'm doing that now. I, I said, Kennedy, do this. Well, I'm not Kennedy. I'm – Bella, it doesn't make any difference. Do this. You know, I just, you, you go through names, you know? Yeah, my so, dad does the same thing. He goes, Art, Michael, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> just go through it. You, you know who I'm talking to. And uh, I, I don't know what that's an indication or a sign of. Um, but um, I love, I know we're digressing. Oh, please. Allow me. But I, I love being a father. Best role I've ever had. And I've had a lot of great roles. Yeah. You know, I really have. I've been blessed. Um, but the best role is father. and. Uh, uh, to, to these young kids and I enjoy every moment of it. If I could, if I could freeze time right now for 10 years, freeze it at their age and go on, I'd do it in a second. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you don't think things are busy in our household, then, you know, it's, it is, <laughs> it really is. Well, so that, you know, you brought up the radio program that, and, and you brought up, you know, the kids and the Fighting Joe. I, I know Fighting Joe is a thing you've had for a long time. And, in fact, I think the first time I heard your name, it was Fighting Joe Morrissey. It wasn't – I didn't give Senator... it to myself. It was given, you know, you know, I've been – as I said once on the floor, I was giving a floor speech in the House, and um, I said to the Speaker, I said, Mr. Speaker, politics can be, you know, uh, a contact sport, you know. And you got to be able to, you know uh, – you know, you're going to get in a fight now and then. I've been in a couple of them, I said, and everybody laughed. I said, but that's, it, it is, you got to be able to take a, a punch and deliver one, you know, mm -hmm. especially if you're passionate about something as you are uh, and Art and Charles and John and everybody else, you are passionate about recovery. Good. Good on you, mate, as we say in Australia, you know, <laughs> um, and I've been passionate whether I'm defending people, you know, in the courthouse as I used to do, or if I'm defending my constituents in the state house, you better believe I'm going to fight. I am not just going to show up. Okay. I got too much to do in my life. I want to get things done. I like that. I like that. 
Um, you have a big family, right? I do. You have any? Uh, do you have any brothers? Available? Yeah, I've got my mom is single. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> I came from a family of six kids. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, sadly, uh, the three youngest siblings have passed. Um, two from cancer, one from an overdose. Oh. Um, mom and dad have passed. Uh, so there's just three of the eight that are here, and um, and then of course I've got a large, you know, clan of myself. But the kids are with. You know, we're, we're in various churches on Sunday. We're at soccer games, cookouts, community events. Yeah. They know more about dealing with public. And they know the business of a state senator isn't being that people maybe give some def deference. They know it's about service. Because hmm. we've talked about that. You know, you know, well, maybe I'll, I'll do this or maybe I'll go into politics. Well, don't do it unless... You want to serve. It is the only reason to do it. If you want to do it because you want uh, a number in your tag or a word that says delegate or senator, or you want people to genuflect when you walk by, first of all, never happen. <laughs> For a second factor, once you're out of office, I don't care what you've done, they're going to forget about you. Mm. So just do something which you're there that has an impact, a lasting impact on people. And I think. And I say it respectfully without any degree of braggadocia. I think I've done that just in the last two years in the Senate. Yeah. Well, you, you certainly have made a commitment to criminal justice reform. Been my focus. Been your focus. What what got you into that? Why why that? Well, you know, it's, listen, I came down to Richmond in 84. I was an assistant commonwealth attorney. I was elected chief prosecutor. I was a defense attorney for 25 years. I've seen the criminal justice system, okay, from every side. Um, and there's two things that in fact, I was talking about it this morning that are sacrosanct, in my opinion, the criminal justice system, and it's got to be a level playing field when you go into the courtroom. Doesn't mean you're going to get the, every lawyer that you get to defend somebody is going to be on the same level. I'm talking about the, in the courtroom, it's got to be fair. The judge has got to give both sides that opportunity. Um, and, you know, I, I just feel very strongly about that. And I saw the situation where it wasn't level. Mm. Okay. And that was a focus of my legislation. Um, I believe in second chances. I think redemption is good for the soul. Okay. It's good for everybody, not just the person being redeemed. You send somebody to jail for 30 years and say, see you mate in 30 years or, you know, uh, 26 years after serving, after credit for, after serving 85% of the time. What are you doing? You're not incentivizing that person to do well whilst he or she is in jail. Okay. You're saying you're worthless 26 years for serving a 30 year sentence and then you can get out. No, no, no. Um, what you want to do is incentivize people to do well when they're in prison. Get an avocation, get a, get a skill. Um, and then how do you incentivize them? Parole. I authored the bill that uh, established parole for fishback defendants, and we got it. Okay. I, along with Senator Dave Marsden, co-sponsored the bill that gave juveniles parole. Yeah. I worked with Don Scott in the House for earned sentence credits. We got some of what we wanted, not all. And I will introduce this year, like I have every year, a bill to reestablish parole. And it's not 
just because, don't say Joe's, oh, he's a bleeding heart liberal. If you're the most, some of the most conservative people out there understand why we need to have parole reestablished. You want people to do well when they're in jail, take advantage of programs so they become productive and purposeful on the way out. Look at you. Look at half the people in McShin. They've seen the inside of jail. Mm. What if you just give up on those people and say that their value is ended? What a defeatist attitude. So that's what I focus on. Uh, my bill banned uh, the death penalty in Virginia. Mm -hmm. It banned chokeholds. It banned... Uh, you know, uh, uh, no-knock warrants, okay? Mm. My bill established that you have a right to a jury trial, but a judge sentencing. Because people were having their rights to a jury trial chilled. Mm -hmm. Go up to Stafford County or Fredericksburg, distribution of a gram of heroin, sentencing guidelines, six months to 18 months, Okay. Plead guilty, expect that the prosecutor said six years. You said, well, no, I'll just take a trial in front of the judge. Prosecutor would say, we demand a jury trial. That was code for our juries and Stafford will light you up. Okay? Wow. And then people, and people, there's over 2,500 people serving sentences in Virginia right now that have excessive sentences. Guidelines was two years. They took a jury because they felt they were innocent and got 22 years or 32. A judge might eliminate a modicum, a small amount, but that's it. So my bill said you can still get a jury trial, but you get judge sentencing and you can veil yourself of the sentencing guidelines. Major, major change in criminal justice reform. And you know, the prosecutors were like, oh my God, they were singing the blues. This is, we're gonna need a thousand more prosecutors, build 10 more prisons. Hasn't happened. <laughs> Hasn't happened. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I want to end mandatory minimum sentences. Um, you know, uh, my bill, and along with two other senators, legalize the simple possession of marijuana. I want to defelonize simple possession of Schedule One and Two drugs. Um, you know, and I think this will surprise a lot of people. I grew up. You know, uh, I, you know, how old do you think I am? You know the answer. Uh, well, I, I know I, roughly, yeah. I'm 64. Uh -huh. Let's be very clear. I was going to say 63, actually. Let's be very clear. Yeah. I, I look much younger. Absolutely. And Art, am I, am, I, am I not pretty? What? Yeah, you're very pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but That's grew, in the real. <laughs> I grew up at a time when everybody was smoking weed, okay? I never did. Just, you know, I was a jock, and I, I just didn't do it. I... I, I I might, to this day, might have a glass of wine once a, a month, you know? Mm. But but I realize and, res and respect the fact that other people that do, they don't deserve to be branded criminals. And we were focusing on brown and black people with marijuana. They're the ones that are getting stopped, yeah. you know? Uh, that's, that, that's wrong. So I want to decriminalize and destigmatize. Somebody's not a felon because they had a small amount of a Schedule One or Two drug. So I just, I, I want to give second chances. I want to incentivize people to do well. I don't believe, for, and I don't want for a moment, my kids smoking weed, okay? Because you're clear about it. But at the same time, those people that have, that have or have been convicted, I don't think they should be branded criminals, yeah. you know? Um, and, um, 
And I hope we get a chance somewhere during this podcast to talk about the Good Samaritan law that I helped pass that incentivized people, if they see somebody overdosing, to call it in. Yeah. You know, because uh, we need more work to do on that. Well, let's talk about it. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. I've got a. Okay. Everybody, I think, I'm not going to assume that. A lot of people out there listening know that the Good Samaritan Law was passed because of the following debacle, the following scenarios that repeated themselves again and again. People were using, they were ODing, okay, and they were dying in large numbers, okay? By the time first responders got there, you know, it was too late to hit them with Narcan, okay? And we decided, how do we save these lives? What we did in the General Assembly is we said, listen, we're going to give people, if they call in and say that they are using or somebody is using and they're ODing, we want them to stay there to give aid, okay? And and in order to encourage that, we said, you will not be prosecuted for the possession of the drug, okay? You talk to anybody, any first responder, they're going to say the number of deaths decreased dramatically. I'm very proud of that, Bill, because it saved lives, okay? And if you and Art were back in your day were using, Art was ODing, lots of people think, I don't, what do I do? What do I do? And they may call in an anonymous call, but they wouldn't want to stay there. They may not call at all. Mm-hmm. People died. They didn't get help. And you, as you know, all you got to do is get the first responder there and bam, hit them with Narcan, and it's... It's like a, you know, it hits you right away and it saves lives. So it worked. Well, you know, we're in here, right here in Henrico County. Um, we got to correct a problem. And I'll tell you where that problem exists. And uh, you know from my show, the Fighting Joe Morris show, I'm a Democratic state senator, but I call on, I call people out irrespective of their party if they've done something wrong. And Shannon Taylor, the Commonwealth attorney here in Henrico County, uh, really tried to go around this good samaritan law so the person that called in could not be prosecuted for using or giving it to the person who's od right they were encouraged to stay there so she was sending uh capious requests to the judge to show cause that individual for a previous crime something they did five or ten years ago and say judge we can't prosecute them for what they did last Wednesday when they were using and somebody nearly OD'd, but we can show cause them for another crime. What the hell sense does that make? You're right back in the old dilemma where people say, well, I'm not going to call it in. If I can, who cares what they're prosecuted for? If I can be prosecuted for something I did five years ago, I'm not going to call it in. And I brought one of those capious requests, you know, Good one, TV. Says at the top, <laughs> Shannon, there we go, Shannon Taylor at the top, Office of the Commonwealth's Attorney. Sorry, Shannon, but I'm going to call it the way it is. Um, on March 3rd, 2021, Henrico Police responded to a medical emergency call involving the defendant. The defendant was found to be in crisis due to the apparent usage of narcotics and medical treatment was necessary. Sus- underneath that box, suspended sentence. The above violates the good behavior provision of a previously suspended sentence. In light of the danger posed to the defendant, the Commonwealth respectfully requests that the court issue a capious with no bond. Oh, that's great, Shannon. 
Great. So now if somebody knows that they can be picked up on a KPS, hauled into jail on Friday, no bond, are they going to stick around and help somebody that's ODing? No. It defeats the purpose of our Good Samaritan law. And uh, I'm calling her out on it, okay? Fellow Democrat, but that's the way it is. And and and, and it's, it's, and I've got to correct that in the General Assembly. Yeah. And she either gets on board with me, okay, or I'm gonna. She's gonna get steamrolled. Is that the only? Is this the only place in the in the Commonwealth where this is happening? I'm not aware of other people doing. Yeah. Okay, and um, and um, a lot of people are saying, "Well, what's the whole? Isn't that the whole idea behind the Good Samaritan law to encourage people to call in?" Yeah. Okay. What if what if I'm using right now? And, and 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 Nathan, you're ODing. I I want to save your life, but I want if I know I'm gonna get a pass if I call and right. the police respond and I'm not gonna be prosecuted, I'm calling in. But if if Shannon Taylor is gonna call me out and issue a capius for my arrest because of a, a conviction from three years ago, you know, I'm bailing. I am bouncing. I might make a quick anonymous call, but I'm bouncing. And who dies? You die. Shame on Shannon Taylor. And uh, we're going to change this law. So that's interesting that you bring this up. So I feel a little better. <laughs> I, I was hard. Am I funny guy or what? You are. Yeah. Man, Thank you. what good look? Very good looking. I think is what you said, right? Pretty. Very pretty. pretty. Very Thank pretty. You, and 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 funny. Yeah. No. Definitely funny. Hey, listen. Of course, yeah, my kids will. I'll say that. I said I'm. I'm right. I play them. I, I can beat you in basketball anytime, and I'm pretty. No, you're not pretty, Daddy. You know, my, my daughter will tell you, you're 64 years old, and you got freckles on your arms, and you're not pretty like us. So, <laughs> Wait, the freckles on the arm make oh you my not God, pretty? Yes. I, my, my children are mixed, okay? Uh -huh. So they've got beautiful skin. You have beautiful kids. I've seen pictures of your kids. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. That's kind of you. Um, credit to their mother. Um, <laughs> but um, the, I'll, 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 I'll say. I'll say to Bella, Bella, you just, you're beautiful. I tell all my kids are beautiful. And, um, you know, you got lovely skin and she'll, she'll, she'll take my Irish to touch my Irish, uh, skin and say, Oh, daddy, you've got beautiful skin too. And I, I said, honey, I, I, I know I don't, not like you, but she calls me out all the time. I've got Maverick is my four and a half year old and he, everybody that he sees, he loves. We're standing in the <laughs> store, getting the banana and orange. He'll go up and he'll see you standing there. He'll hug on you. Yeah. Hey, how are you? I'm Maverick. You know, Bella will turn around and say, nice to meet you, Maverick. Come back over here. Oh, by the way, you know, that's my daddy, and he's 64 years old. That's what they do. Um, so, they keep you young, don't they? They keep you young, and just listening to their banter, taking them to school or yeah. to an event, going back and forth is wonderful. But again, I can talk about my kids all day long. I want to talk about, yeah, I've got a real passion for criminal justice reform. I've got a passion for helping people in the recovery industry. I want to see people do well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love seeing good things happen to people who are working to make it happen, okay? And I'm telling you, nobody works harder to get that monkey of addiction off their back than people in recovery. Mm -hmm. And it's never a straight, complete uphill trajectory. There's always gonna be side, you know, Sure. Sure. And I, you know, let me share this with with people listening out there. And I think people in the industry know it, but others aren't so aware. Two points. A lot of people that are using, they are not using to get high, particularly with opioids. 
they are using for one purpose only to prevent a condition called dope sick. It's a horrible condition. It was described to me once as follows. Joe, dope sick is, think of the worst flu you ever had. You were achy, you were sick, you were throwing up. The worst flu, multiply it by 10. Am I close, guys? No, definitely. And then also it comes with the anxiety and the depression. Sure, add that to it. Huge. Yeah. Dope sick is a horrible feeling. And uh, people want to seek the opioids uh, just to get feeling like you, the three of us feel now, normal. Just feel normal. That's all yeah. they want to feel normal. So they take it. So um, they they go through that withdrawal and they'll half the jails. You talk to Carl Leonard, a conservative Republican in Chesterfield County. He calls it uh, putting people in jail for being addicted, criminalizing the disease of addiction. And he's right. And the big part of their job in the jail is to detox people that come in. So that's what I want to do. I just want people to get their life back, okay, and become productive. They might host a podcast. They might produce a podcast. They might go in and, and just become successful. Yeah. That's what I want. And so, um, you know, that and uh, uh, focusing on criminal justice reform, it's, you know, it's one of the things that I do. Well, you you actually opened up something, and I'm, I I want to to ask more about this because you said, and it's and I agree with you that you know so often the jails and become the detox centers all, all the time, all the time, oh, all yeah. the time, and the problem with that is that jail is not a medical facility; it's not a clinical facility. However, you know you'll find arguably the criminal justice system is the Biggest provider of mental health and substance use, uh, substance use services, in, in the country, mm-hmm. and this is a this is not a good precedent uh, because the jails are ill-equipped to handle what they're doing, yet alone putting on that mental health pot. How do we how do we tackle and give people the help they sure. do need? Great, great, great question. Actually, in, why they're not equipped because it's not a medical facility. To overcome the disease of addiction, you have two things. It's you got to be focused on it, laser-like, and come at it with behavioral uh, changing behavior and also the medical component of it. You got to do both. And actually, the jails are very equipped on the second part with peer-to-peer recovery groups Mm -hmm. in jails, like the HARP program in Chesterfield County, Orbit in Enrico. They that are exceptionally well equipped there because you have inmates there that aren't going to pull up with all the you know the the silliness when they get in their meetings they're not going to be conned mm-hmm. by a con that's not going to happen they're going to say listen let's get real this is what you were doing blah 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 yeah you're right I was okay so they are equipped in that capacity and they are remarkably successful um, you participate in an orbit program or harp program. And it's not easy and it's not short. You've got to stick with it and you complete that program. You, you, you've got a huge head start on becoming, uh, maintaining sobriety, uh, becoming sober. Um, and that's, that's all that anybody wants. And by the way, if you do that, who wants to keep somebody in jail because they're an addict? Really? We pay thirty to forty thousand dollars a year to keep them in jail. Really, 
society, you want that? How about, you know, the, you know, the Nathans of the world? How about we clean them up as quickly as we can? We get them back out there working, paying taxes, you know, uh, becoming a contributing member to society. How about we do that? Mm. That's what I want to see. Well, I want to, I want to present, uh, I want to present the another side of this, please, um, because because I, I have a dichotomy within myself and my personal story. So uh, I and you're going to laugh at this because I now know a lot better. But I was uh, pulled over for speeding um, in in 2016. Yeah. Okay. And I was in the back. I was in the passenger. I was in behind the passenger seat in the back seat. Okay. We we pulled over into the driveway where we were going. We just happened to be right there, so we pulled in there. Uh, officer comes. Three people in the car. Three people in the car. Front seat, pat, front passenger seat, and you in the back. Yep, I got it. Yeah. So, uh, officer takes all three of our driver's license, mm -hmm. which questionable. Okay, right. Not, I'm in the back. He's not getting mine. Well, now I know. Right. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm sorry. You're no, sorry. no, no, no. I, because these are these are the things I'm learning. So, so I can tell you all those pieces, right? Because I, you know, I, I can look and I can say, well, that was wrong, and the officer screwed me here. And at the very end, you know, the the, the cop ended up getting a, a a dog, and the dog smelled drugs where I was sitting, and ended up getting drugs out of my bag, which I had on my person outside of the car. And the officer said to me, you "I had a search warrant." Well, he said, "I have probable cause to search your bag," and he asked me if I had anything in there. And at that point, I shouldn't have said anything. Because he would have been wrong. The he was wrong. The response was, you do not have my permission to search the, the bag. And instead, I'm I, not going to prevent yeah. you from searching it, yeah. but you don't have my permission. Get a search warrant. And I handed it to him. Okay. And you to him? Uh, I, methamphetamines. You what? Uh, methamphetamines. Okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that the search wasn't couldn't still be contested. It well, and we did. We contested it. The judge ruled against me on that. What jurisdiction? Uh, Warrenton up in Fauquier okay. County. Well, I'm with you. All right, go ahead. So, gap. Be, my my stupidity, not knowledge of what's going on, but also I've got a problem at this point because I'm I'm going. I'm literally working to pay for my addiction. You know, um, so so there's a problem. Right off the bat. The problem meaning you're going to jail. Is that what you mean? Well, no. And, the, the and you can't get your drugs? Well, the problem is I, I can't stop using at this point. Right. And, and I don't have a way to ask for help, you know, without yeah. – because I in my head, I'm, I'm – I'm breaking the law and I'm a bad person, all these things. And then, you know, I do get arrested. So that aside, let's go shoot to pretrial. This is my first offense, okay? Charged with felony possession of drugs for – Personal use? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know you're going to get a suspended sentence. Should be the 251. Yeah. Yeah. Should be. Well, By the way, folks, that's somebody can, if they can avail themselves of 18.2251, uh, then that's first offender and they'll go into counseling, drug treatment, et cetera. And then the felony, the charge will be uh, dismissed. I'm a person with a disease of addiction. Right. What's a symptom of that disease, Art? What's a symptom of the disease of addiction? I don't know, irritable discontent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the what's the big one? Using the drugs. Using, yeah, yeah using biggest, drugs and alcohol. You're gonna continue. Let me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. You continue to use, continue to uh, perhaps distribute, and you got rearrested. No, I did, no distrib no distributing. Continue. No distribution. Not alleged anyway. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm actually in all seriousness. No, I was very much a personal thing. Um, in pretrial, see, this is where I, I'm a gap filler. 
Okay, and this is the argument I have with the, the Commerce attorneys, right? So this happened in October of 2016. All right, I go to pretrial, and because of the what I told you about the cop and this and that, you know, we're it's taking a while before we go to trial. So I'm, I'm at pretrial. I go and I I establish a rapport with a woman, you know, I, I, I clean cut white guy. I wear my button down pretty. shirt. I'm a pretty. I'm a. I'm a I can say that. Am I pretty? That's, that's pretty, <laughs> pretty as me, but pretty. I'm Very not. Pretty. That is true. I'm not as pretty as the senator. But so 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 I, I, I go to pretrial. You know, I do my. Either thing. Right now, people are saying he is so full of himself, or he is a funny guy. It's it's, <laughs> it's the latter. Okay, because remember, I told you earlier on. All my kids say you're not so pretty, Daddy. Anyway, so go ahead. I think you should be who you are. Yeah, you, you know, be the silly, goofy person. Yeah, I like you. this about you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but okay, so I continue. Pre-trial, you've yeah, got pre-trial. Yeah, pre-trial. And, and I, you know, and I, I know enough that I can tell, you know, oh, shoot, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to test, ne- I'm going to test positive. I'm going to call her up and I'm like, I have to work, you know, and she believed me, you know, and so I would continue to use and I would try and I would try to, try gain, to the gain the system. system. Exactly. And at one point, you know, after probably four months being with this woman, you know, I get a wild hair up my ass and I'm like, lady, you know, this is what you're doing. You're making us all felons. And she looks at me. And she says, Nathan, look at how well you're doing. And in my head, I'm screaming, I've lost 35 pounds in four months. I'm going to get high in the parking lot when I leave here. How the hell do you not see that? And at that, I didn't see her again until I went to court. Because at that Did point. Did you fail a drug test? No. No. At, but at that point, I realized this system is not set up to help me. Right. This system is just set up to, to, to I don't know, to teach me a lesson. Right. And. What I think about in those moments now is that if, if like John Schinholzer had been there, if Art had been there, if me now had been there, you know, they might have seen through my crap and been able to get me to some help sooner. Sure. If one of those people came into your group and, you, and they explained the story to him, you know, having been there, that when they were brought down before the magistrate, they probably were looking to get high that afternoon, that mm-hmm. evening. You know that. And that's what I said earlier. You're going to see through any of the charades. Yeah. So the argument that we get from the prosecutors, how are we going to get people into recovery? How are we going to get people into recovery if we don't arrest them? How do we, how do, we do that? And I, and I hear that all the time. And I'm thinking from October of 2016 until March of 2018, I never had anybody tell me anything about recovery coming from anywhere in the criminal justice system. Now, this is me in Warrington. Now, I, so maybe things are different in Enrico County, Richmond City. I know, actually, I know they are because we work with Enrico County and Richmond City and Hanover and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when I think about that, I think about how we use the law, you know, how do we get people into recovery if we don't arrest them? Is the, is the, is the oft said thing by the Commonwealth attorney. What do you say to that? Because, well, okay. Um, I think I don't necessarily agree that you got to arrest them to get them in recovery. Mm-hmm. I think you got to do what I think McShin does very well, promote recovery, promote it. You know who wants to, first of all, let's be clear. The people that are using, they want, for the most part, to be clean. The Mm -hmm. parents, siblings of those kids, 100% want them to be clean, okay? So the message is delivered to those people as well. Ah, And, you know, McShin's got a pretty good network of getting it out. I'm looking at your... I'm looking at your sheet here, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and of course, 
coming on the Fighting Joe Morrissey show. <laughs> yeah, you're getting to doing a good idea getting it out there. Yeah. I don't know if there's better ways, um, you know, but I've heard of, you know, and there's other recovery units out there, okay? So, um, but yeah, I think at the very beginning of the intake, you bring somebody in and say, listen, um, if I tested you right now, would you would you pass? I'm not going to, would you? And there's a very good chance you're going to use while you're waiting for trial to come up. Very good use. Why don't we try another approach? Instead of the whole tactic B, I'm trying to avoid getting six months in jail so I can stay out and be free and get high. Let's be our, let's, let's make the, make it the approach. How do I get better? How do I get better? That's what I think you do. Mm -hmm. And then say, here's how I think Nathan, I can make you better. And then you pitch recovery. That's just my, my thought. I don't believe that, you know, I just, I, I know that the fear of a, Jail sentence doesn't prevent people from using. No, if anything, it made me use schedule more. Schedule one and two drugs. It made me use more. I, yeah. I'm not kidding. I lost 35 pounds in four months in front of that lady. I was using more. And so here, here, let me add another thing to this. So because I'm a special kind of guy. Yeah, you go. You're special. I'm special. Um, I'm pretty. At, oh, thank you. Does he tell you? <laughs> Art, does he tell you, remind you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming from this guy over here. You don't see a camera on him, but this guy, because if we had a camera on him, nobody would look at us. I, I've, I've got that same same issue, but, but I remind my kids, I am the man. Let's be clear. <laughs> I'm the man. Don't ever forget it. I will. You will never be able to beat me in anything. Downhill skiing, <laughs> water skiing, basketball, horse. I am the man. I'm the man. I've been the man. I'm the man right now. I'll be the man when you're 30 years old. Oh, daddy, I'm not sure you'll be here when I'm 30. Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> and I'll still beat you. What do you do? I love it, man. I love I, you. Come on and talk about your kids all day. If I, if, as far as I can, I'm concerned. They're funny. Yeah. They are funny. So I'm a special guy and I continue to use in probation. Okay. And I get picked up on new charges for possession. While your charges are pending. While, while actually while I'm on probation. Oh, okay. This is after. after you've been sentenced. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that, I think, is a violation of your probation. Am I correct? It is, but this is in D.C. Okay. Where they got so much going on, you're, you've, you're, you're already plotting. How do, I, how do I pretend or how do I make sure that my probation officer doesn't hear about this? Well, that, that, no, I, was, I, was already, I had already absconded in Virginia. Oh, so. there you go. So there was Party's, already a warrant. Yeah, there's a warrant already outstanding. <laughs> I got extradited back to Virginia. But... But I want to tell you the difference in the law because it's a misdemeanor. I got picked up on a Schedule 1, Schedule 2, right? It's a misdemeanor, and it's up to 180 days and or a $1,000 fine is, is what it is. And I got charged with two, well, three misdemeanors. Three, one of them being a distro charge, uh, which was a misdemeanor that went away. But the paraphernalia and uh, the, the, the Schedule 1, Schedule 2. Now, I, I'm not proud of all these things at all, and I'm so grateful to be away from the using you know four and a half years uh clean and sober in recovery however you want to say that thanks congratulations to you for that that's yeah. wonderful um and i appreciate that and what i'm thinking though is that you know we we i got arrested in in uh, dc new charges and i knew you know even right away i knew i wasn't going to serve time in dc you know i knew that right away 
But I knew that because I was going to violate with new charges coming back to the Commonwealth, that you I would actually the Commonwealth, yeah. and they might hit you for the six to nine. Yeah, spend the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, so I'm looking at that. Well, so essentially, what ended up happening with DC is that all they needed me to do was get hooked up with recovery, ah. and it went out the window. I think it was a year. Was that your first introduction to recovery? Well. No, I was already so. By the time I went to court in D.C., I was already involved with McShin. Was it working for you? Oh, it was, it was working great. Yeah, except for the fact that you got busted in well, D.C. for it, using. But well, I got busted in D.C. I went back to Virginia, being you know, extradited in, to Virginia, and then for absconding, I was put in jail, and that's when I found the McShin Foundation. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah. when you were arrested in D.C., okay, having already been convicted in. In, in, in uh, Virginia, you hadn't availed yourself of McShin at that point. Right. All right. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until you uh, availed yourself of all the, the services of McShin that you yeah. finally got straight. Yeah. Cool. Good story. Well, the, 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 the point being is that in D.C., they're very keen on making sure, uh, looking they, at they how we can help people. You, right. incentivize yeah. you to get into recovery. I realize that you have a lot going on in your day, and I know that you need to get going to your next appointment. Is there anything else you want to no, Talk I've had about? a good I've had a good time chatting with you. And uh um, you know, one thing I think about both of us and probably aren't, you can't take yourself too serious. No. You know, no, nobody nobody else will. You, I know I know your young kids won't. Um <laughs> and um and, and you try to do something that's you know productive and purposeful, help some people along the way. So my hat is off to both of you. I mean it. I just I, I so thoroughly much enjoy coming to McShin when I'm talking to the people there and that's, it's with them, not Adam, mm -hmm. you know, with them. Listen, what do we do? How do we make things better? I think you all are doing the angels work here on earth and just keep up the work. And, uh, you know, if I got something to say, I won't hesitate to, to call you up. And similarly, you got something to say, come on the fighting Joe Morrissey show, which we all know is the most popular political talk show in the Commonwealth, perhaps the East Coast, five stations covering me on 12 noon to one o'clock every day. <laughs> and it kicks ass. It, it absolutely kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, anything, Art, you want to say anything? I appreciate you coming on the yeah. show. You got it. I appreciate you too. Um, any plans for number seven? No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> the most important time is I spend a lot of time with my kids in order to do that they've got to be with me in my political world and yeah. my so they're they're used to it they're they're used to visiting churches and visiting community associations and participating in it they know they they go into churches and it's a playground you know they're up in the bound the priests the pastors and black pastors oh, senator just let them go we'll we'll find them at the end you know <laughs> um and um but i devote a lot of time to them and and i think i'm tapped out at yeah. six and that I, I don't, I, you know, I, I can give a lot of attention to all of them, but it's getting to the point where I don't, uh, I mean, I don't, I can afford them and I, <laughs> but, but I just, I want to be able to continue to put the time in each one of them. I put you on the spot. I'm sorry no, about that. You didn't put it on me <laughs> at all. I mean, I, I have daddy daughter dates, yeah. you know, or, or I'll, I'll take my son chase out skiing a couple times a year. So it's just one-on-one, -on -one, but a lot of it is, you know, one-on the whole clan, you know? Yeah. Um, not, and I love it, but I'm good right now. Six, <laughs> six is a good, is a good number. 
Thanks. Thanks again for being here today, Joe. Absolutely. Pre appreciate my, you. My, my pleasure. Have me I come back anytime you, you invite me, okay? Uh, awesome. And again, congratulations, John. 40 freaking years. Yes, that is I'm, absolutely amazing. I'm going to give him a call when I get uh, when I get into my car and congratulate him on that time. That's 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 neat. Hey, all right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Good to see you again. Thanks. <laughs>